Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Hello, fellow gaming fans. Welcome to another episode of the Video Gamers Podcast. Today we are going to be deep diving Endless Dungeon, which just released earlier this year on October 19th. Please make sure to rate our show five stars and leave a written review. You can also find us on socials everywhere at Video Gamers Pod. Josh is always busy making posts for us, so make sure to go give him some love. I am your host, Paul, and I love tower defense games. And joining me, he's a huge fan of roguelikes. It's Josh. I love roguelikes. I love tower you do. defense. I'm there's there's this game is an interesting game because it tries to combine everything. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And then joining Josh and me, he's a huge fan of twin stick shooters. Guys, I don't know how we're going to pick a game that all three of us can play. It's Ryan. All right. I just finished this dungeon. Oh, wait. <laughs> oh, there's another level. Oh, it's like this thing's endless. Up uh, there it is. I knew at some point one of us would make a joke about this game being endless. All right. Before we start our deep dive, we do have a couple of new supporters to thank. Oh. We had not just one, but two people Whoa. sign up on Patreon. They both signed up with legendary status. We owe two huge thank yous to users Yaya Arizona and Morgau. Whoa. Oh, uh, thank insert you. Insert applause to the here. Both of you, air horns. Air horns. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Morgau loves to post questions like Dude, every morning on Discord. He drives a lot of content I on our Discord. I love it. So, Morgau, yeah. I know you are listening. You are an awesome member of the community. Absolutely love the questions and just the love for gaming that you have and that you share with everybody else. Thank you for supporting the podcast. Thank you for going legendary. But we we see you and we appreciate it for sure. Absolutely. And uh, also, I owe a very big thank you to Yaya Arizona, not just whoa. because of and Patreon. Whoa, whoa. She I think we, <laughs> we owe a thank you to Yaya Arizona, because that's Paul's yes. mom. That's and right. So without Yaya, we would not even have a podcast. <laughs> that is 100% true. Uh, yeah, my mom was an Epic supporter for a very long time. It was even an outdated Epic tier that got phased out forever ago. I think my mom finally logged in and it was making her pick a tier and she upgraded to legendary. She picked the right so we, tier. Yeah, th that, that is the best tier. 
So thank you so much to both of them. That means that later on down the road, both of them are able to hijack a host and pick a game that we're going to have to deep dive. And so that'll be coming to you guys in the new year. I did want to make a little bit of an announcement here that every year we always have a two-week break for the holidays. So the last two weeks in December, we'll just be rolling out some of our favorite episodes from 2023. And then we'll be able to start getting caught back up and everything hitting the ground running in December. Or I'm sorry, in January. All right. Now, if anyone wants to sign up on Patreon like Morgau and Yaya Arizona, you can do that at MultiplayerSquad.com. You get a shout out on the show, regardless of what tier you sign up for. You also get bonus episodes twice a month. You get special perks in Discord, all kinds of stuff. And while we're on the topic, Ryan, why don't you tell the people why it is that we're covering Endless Dungeon today? Well, we are covering Endless Dungeon because Kitaclysm are our beautiful amazing legendary supporter decided to sign up and pick me so (laughs) i am here playing endless dungeon because of that you guys can sign up you get to hijack one of us we have to play a game of your choosing uh whether we like it or not and that's what we got to do so everyone if you want to sign up uh pick a game it's it's a you get a lot of other stuff with it but i'm sorry i'll cut all that out Dude, you were doing so good. That was really bad. You were doing so good. You only had to bring it home. It was like you had it. And then you just like, oh no, my line broke. (laughs) I'm not a smart man. (laughs) You got 99% there, Ryan. You can leave this in if you want. Do you just want to move on? Or do you want to redo it? Let's move on. Let's move on. All right. Yeah, you you did great, Ryan. Don't, Don't worry about it. Oh, man. All right. So if anyone wants to go back a couple of Mondays, that's when we announced we were going to be covering this. We always do a little bit of a pre-dive before we do the full deep dive here. Uh, We got to learn that Kitaclysm chose Ryan because Ryan might have celebrated a little bit too early (laughs) when he said that he did not have to play any games and kind of reveled in that apparently a little bit too much. So with a little bit of fun, Kitaclysm chose Ryan. Now, Josh, you already had picked up Endless Dungeon. And put yourself on hold because Kitaclysm let you know, hey, I'm going to pick Endless Dungeon for Ryan. So you intentionally waited until Ryan found out. That way you guys would be able to play a little bit together. What a guy. What a guy. Yeah. I'm just the best, man. (laughs) (laughs) And so modest. The best Josh a guy ever had. And uh, so the two of you have both played this game quite a bit. I have not. I did not pick it up. I watched a few reviews and and some video footage. That way I would be a little bit familiar with it. I've been too busy with Alan Wake 2, pouring my time into that. And so you guys are going to be the resident experts. I'm going to hit you guys with questions, try to figure out what you guys thought about Endless Dungeon, who this game might be for, maybe even if it's something I should look into picking up, even though I'd be a little bit late. So for anyone who's not already familiar with with Endless Dungeon, here's a description from Steam. Endless Dungeon is a roguelite tactical action game set in the award-winning Endless Universe. Recruit a team of shipwrecked heroes, plunge into a long-abandoned space station, and protect your crystal against never-ending waves of monsters. Or die trying, get reloaded, and try again. (laughs) All right, so I hinted at it here in the intro. The pitch that I keep hearing from everyone with Endless Dungeon is that it is a roguelite, It is a twin stick shooter and it is a tower defense all rolled into one. I have seen many games that are two of those put together. I don't know that I've ever quite seen a game that tries to have all three. 
I'm curious to hear from you guys. How does this work? How do they mesh these three genres together? And does it work? Or is this a case of too many cooks in the kitchen trying to do too much? Ryan, what do you think, man? Because <laughs> I, I mean, I, I personally love all of these genres individually, but I'm really curious like what your impression or initial impression was of like this mix of like three different genres. It's something that's hard. It's like you, you, you like one thing and you like another. Together, they may not always meld. I know we always talk about food, especially me and Paul. Something, mm-hmm. Some things are good <laughs> on their own. Together, they don't go together so well. I think they did a absolutely brilliant job mixing all three of these game types together. I think the playability, the flow of the game, the the way everything goes, you know, just goes through uh kind of this sequence of of the start, the chaos, the calm. The start, the chaos, the calm. It just kind of is like this kind of go thing and then you go back to the saloon and then you can hang out there and it's there's just so many factors to it i think they did all of it very very well um i don't know what do you think josh i'm I'm with you man honestly i was very curious because i do like all of these genres um and i've played you know a game in each of these genres that really focused on each one like twin stick shooter i was big on the ascent for a little while i've always liked tower defense games um you know, uh, and then I, I've I've made no you know small news that I love roguelike games as well. Like I just I like the challenge of those and kind of the the progression and stuff like that as well. I think Endless Dungeon did a really good job, and I think the reason that it works for this game is they kind of just went a little light on all of it. Um, and what I mean by that is, you know, I've played some serious tower defense games where it's like you have to route everything through this maze so that, you know, you get full optimization of your towers and slowing everything down. And, you know, there's, there's strategy built into that in endless dungeon. You, you definitely need your towers. You need your turrets and you do have to think about where to put them sometimes, but it's like a light version of that. You know, the twin stick shooter aspect it's fun. The combat is is chaotic and engaging, but it's not as in depth as a game like The Ascent would be. Um, and the roguelike nature that they they you know it's kind of hard to mess that up to be honest. So I feel like that is probably the strongest aspect of this game. But I think it all works because they didn't try to make any one genre like stand out above the others. If that makes sense. That was exactly what I was going to ask because that's my worry when you try to mix genres like this. Like, for example, Josh, you and I play Dungeon Defenders, and that has tower defense mechanics, and it has third-person shooter mechanics, and it would be very easy to see where if you find one to be very boring, it might almost, like, sabotage the game. So I was curious if, like, one of those elements particularly stands out, or if one particularly sucks compared to the others. It sounds like you guys are saying... By themselves, none of them are spectacular, but when you put all three together, it's just kind of like a brand new experience you don't quite see in anything else, and it works really well. Is that fair? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, honestly, like what happens when you take milk and sugar and ice <laughs> and put it together? And churn it. Yeah. It's a it's incredible. You get the right? best dessert. <laughs> but like milk by itself is I mean, okay. Like, I mean, sugar is pretty good. We all like sugar, but something special happens when you mix them. That's so yeah. funny. In my head, I thought a pizza dough, pizza sauce, and cheese. Like <laughs> See, I'm like, th- I'm I like pizza. sugar. Ryan <laughs> likes salty. <so. laughs> 
<laughs> but I mean, that is a really good example of how it just kind of comes together to say, hey, this is this is greater than its individual parts because it does mesh them together very, very well. All right. I'm very curious to hear like a breakdown of how all this stuff works. Now, being a twin stick shooter, does that mean that you guys both played on controller or did either of you play on keyboard and mouse? I play keyboard, keyboard and mouse. mouse. It works Same. phenomenally. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, it really works really well. WASD to control your character, mouse to aim the direction you want to shoot. It's very intuitive, so it works really well. Although, shout out to any and all game developers. Please, please, please allow people to change their cursor color. Oh, yes. That's all a good these criticism, games, Ryan. All these games, I, I can't, I, I get lost so many times trying, especially in a game like this, you know, with all these monsters coming in, the chaos, not having the ability to have a cursor that's just like neon whatever color that you can see, you know, it's just, it's so hard. It's just kind of a pale gray or whatever. And then you just get lost and you're like, wait, where, where am I? And you got to wiggle it around before you can find it. And then you can, <laughs> then you can go around. Yeah, it's. Please, please, please. That's honestly a really good point because it is one of the criticisms for this game is you're moving around. There's chaos on the screen. If you lose your mouse cursor for a second, your only indication is like the direction that your character is facing. But there's so much going on that, I mean, Ryan's just shooting at a wall. You know, I'm shooting at the wrong direction. That was only one time. You know, Come on. and then we're both like, why is nothing dying? And then it's like, oh, well, I can't find my cursor. So, but yeah, I, yeah, hot pink or neon yellow or something. Yep. Just that it can't be that hard, right? No. So it's like Blair Witch Project. Ryan's just staring in the corner yeah. while all, everything's going on around him. <laughs> nice. All right. Now, this is a multiplayer game that you can play either solo or up to three, right? That's the party size. Yep. Now, did either of you guys get any solo time in, or did you only play when you were both online for multiplayer? Oh, I got lots of solo time in. I got a lot more once I realized that I could, because uh, at first, because Josh was gracious enough to wait for me, so we played a ton in the very beginning together, which everybody knows I love co-op games, especially online together. Um, absolute blast. I, I, I wasn't as drawn to it thinking that I'd have to play just solo as a single character, but I hopped on, and then I realized, oh, you get extra characters, and you can also unlock a uh, third as well. So um, that made it a lot more uh, enticing to play. But yeah, I played a ton solo. You get a character that can join you in your battle. You can pick which one. Um, try to each one has different um, support roles. attack. Yeah, yeah roles. There, there's different ways they can help you. So try to pair them accordingly. Um, but yeah, I, I got a good 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 bit of solo time in but obviously a ton of time in with josh which is a blast yeah i actually oh i was gonna say i played solo a good bit waiting for ryan um when he because that's when he was out hunting and like i wanted to play a little bit but then then kiddicalism reached out and said hey i'm gonna make ryan play this with you and then that's when i just stopped so i've actually like ryan i've got a, a fairly even mix of like playing with friends and then playing solo as well are there any pros or cons to playing solo or in a group? Like generally playing with your buddies is always going to beat solo play. Is that the same with this? I mean, I think so because it's just the social nature and like, you know, communicating with Ryan and like, Hey man, you want to guard this room? I'll guard this room. Or, 
you know, I'm getting, I'm getting overrun. Ryan, I need you. Ryan, get in here now. I'm about to die. Stop staring you at know? the corner. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> exactly. You know, those, so those moments I, I really enjoy. So I'll always take playing with people over playing solo. The game does a good job of being good solo. Um, the AI is decent. Um, you get to pick the AI and you can swap characters and stuff like that it's i mean it's nice that that's an option sometimes you don't want to talk to people and you just want to chill and so it's nice that the game is still a good game even if that's your mood yeah okay totally agree yeah there there's there's some cool factors too as far as the game because i got a ton of time in solo and then a ton of time in with josh um i noticed as well that the the gameplay i was getting a lot more materials um, but obviously I don't have that other character. It's just an AI character. So I'm having to put a lot more turrets. I'm having to be, uh, more generous with how I spend my money, you know, because with me and Josh, we were, we were holding on to our, our money every time we're like, Oh, we got to save it. We got to, that was probably more Josh than me, but he's like, <laughs> we're, we got to save it for the next level. So I, I did notice a little bit of a difference between that. The characters weren't as hard to kill, you know, but then you get to some levels and they are a little more difficult. So yeah, it, it was a good uh, mess to where it's still very, very much enjoyable solo as well as, you know, co-op. I might be remembering this wrong, but I think when we did the pre-dive, Josh, you said this game doesn't really have much story. Is that correct? Is this game That's mostly true. just I gameplay? Mean, it, it tells you why you're in this big space station and why you're going down these levels in this dungeon. Uh, you know, it, it, in a nutshell, you basically get stranded on the space station. Um, there's weird ancient technology going on. Nobody can escape. So people just started living here. But you're like the determined hero that's going to get off this space station so it's like oh well if you really want to get out of here you got to make it down to the core and like blow up the core so that'll then release the tractor beam that's holding everybody in here i don't know if that's 100 percent right but it's like 95 percent right and that's all the story (laughs) something like that all right (laughs) i hear you You actually i just made up all of that because i don't know what the story in this no it really it is the story Yeah, one of the reviews I saw did not mention story whatsoever, and it was from like a major publication. I'm like, I feel like they would normally talk about story in this review, and they didn't even talk touch on it. So I figured it, it must be pretty minimal. All right, tell me a little bit about the character or class system, because I saw online you can basically play as a total of eight characters. How, how does all that stuff work? Give me that sweeper, baby. You like the sweeper is <laughs> fun, man. I actually took a big liking to Blaze after we uh, got off the other day. The forearm guy? Yeah. With the mines? Yeah, Blaze yep. is pretty fun. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, so for me, I love games where you can play different characters. If you start getting tired of the game, you can just pick up a different character, learn that character, changes the play style, you know, all that. So I'm a big fan. Uh, like specialists in Battlefield 2042. Oh, don't you dare, Paul. Don't you dare. <laughs> on sale right now with the autumn sale on Steam. <laughs> yeah, 85% off. You can pick it up for under $10 now, guys. What a, bar- what a bargain. It should be free to play at this point, but we're still going to try to soak you for $10. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I paid $60 for <laughs> I that <did> thing. Too. <laughs> yeah. um, I, I, the characters are interesting, too, because with the roguelike nature of this game, you have to unlock them. So you get three that you can start with, but then as you play the game and you make it to certain milestones, you unlock a new character. That kind of makes you excited and you go, oh, let me try this guy. Some Some resonate, some don't. There were definitely some I just didn't like at all, but then there were others where I really liked them. 
My favorite part of the character system is it is set up as DPS, tank, and support. Um, even though there's really only kind of like one real tank in the game, but I yeah. I like the idea of being able to play with Ryan. Ryan is going turret focus because some characters focus on the actual tower defense part, right? Which is really cool. So Ryan's playing a turret focused character. So I'm going to go tank or I'm going to go DPS to complement Ryan playing that particular character. And I love that, man. Like we definitely messed around with like, hey, why don't we both try DPS? Let's see if we can just merc everything really fast. Or Ryan, you go DPS. I'll go support. I'll keep you alive. When you die, I'll blame it on you. You know, (laughs) as far as that goes, like stuff like that. Yeah. So the characters in this game are very unique. Uh, I, I, I really liked it. I thought it was fun to unlock them. I liked the way that they played. I liked that they have different abilities and different roles. Yeah. I think it was, it was great how the characters would play off each other. And like, like we would try other ones, different things. Like you said, even with uh, me, I would, I would, I loved playing the sweeper. I had some attack abilities, but I was mainly focused on crowd control and, uh, the turrets. So I could go one hit, boom, I bring that turret back to life, full health good to go, C- can run around, kick a couple turrets, and then use a little um, suds attack. You know, they have different attacks, so you could use a suds attack. Slows the characters down. Josh could, you know, hit them with uh, whatever gun he has, and then the turrets would hit them, and we could just control those areas. So how they play off each other was really, really neat. I know that when I was playing solo, I kept um, I was messing around with different pairings, and I was going with Blaze and then... Um, what was the uh, the healer one? I, I'm trying to think of her. Uh, Shroom. 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 Oh yeah. Yeah. Shroom. Which was great because I, I would I would go around and I was just always at full health. I would cruise around. I had mega attack. I would set up my uh, turrets accordingly, and then I just always had health because uh, Shroom was healing me nonstop. So the way the pairings work, I think they vibe well if you if you match up accordingly. Um, so I, I think they did a good job with how they how they set it all up. Okay. Now I don't know if you can share this without going into like spoilers, but can you give me an example of like how you unlock characters? Is it just reaching a certain level or is it like doing certain achievements? I always love when roguelikes include clever ways of unlocking a character, like kill 30 characters within five seconds and unlock the berserker class or something like that. How how does it work in this one? Pretty much that way. To be honest. Oh, really? Um, yeah. That's cool. It, it really, I mean, some of it's just you have to make it to like the second floor, right? And then it's like, okay, we well, unlock this character. Um, other ones Kill might 100 be. 100 blobs. Or, yeah. Other yeah, ones might like be that. make it to the third floor without anybody dying. And mm. so that's like the, the, so there are like triggers that say like you have to do these spe- like specific things to unlock this character. And then when you go back to the space station, they'll have a little exclamation over their head, right? And they'll be like, hey, I heard you made it to the third floor. Uh, and, and, and everybody was safe. That sounds like a party I want to join. And then it'll be like, you know, Cardi has joined you or something like that. So, but yeah, there, there are, that's exactly it, Paul. You have to kind of earn them. Oh, I think that's really cool. All right, well, we're going to go ahead and take a short break, and we'll be right back. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, 
the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. All right, last question for you guys in regards to the different characters. Does this game have skill trees at all? Nope. No skill okay. trees, alas. Can you like swap weapons? You can. Or like what, what choice can. do you have within each character, I guess, is kind of what I was curious to know. So you can, you, you basically, you have two attacks. You have your regular attack and then your ultimate, and then you have your weapon. Basically, you can, you can carry two weapons at a time, and each character can only can- carry a certain type. So there's like heavy weapons, light weapons, things like that. So, um, for example, like Blaze carries a heavy, you know, hunting rifle. And he can always also carry a Gatling gun. And then Sweeper can only carry like a little Sweeper pistol. So each one has different types of uh, weapons they can carry. And then the abilities, each one has an ultimate that recharges for... I I don't know how... Do you, Josh, do you know how long it takes to recharge? It's different, but the ultimates take a while. Yeah, I want to say it's like a solid five plus minutes for your ult to come back. Jeez, yeah, yeah, and then they have their regular their regular attacks, which for certain characters are you know support or aid, or their actual attack ability. Like with uh, Blaze, he could put down landmines, or um, the uh, the the healer Shroom. She would she could heal you know whoever was around. Uh, so yeah, it's pretty neat how they kind of did it with all the all the characters as far as their abilities. Yeah, there's no skill tree, but you do get ways to upgrade your characters. So one is, like Ryan said, you you will come across different weapons as you're just playing the game. Like maybe you find a treasure chest and some weapons pop out. And now instead of your Gatling gun, you've got this big electric gun that just shoots out lightning. Or, you know, if your character is a pistol user, maybe you get like like a flaming magnum that shoots, you know, fireballs and things like that. So elements come into the picture a lot. You have your ability, but it's usually just one ability that you can use. And then you have your ultimate. But again, long cooldown on that. Where some of the customization comes in is as you are playing this character, you get these subquests. So once you unlock a character, then you'll get a quest for that character that says, hey, you need to find this note that's in the airlock of level two of this specific zone. So then you're like, okay, well, let me play that guy. Now we're going to go to the specific zone. Hey, Ryan, uh, I need to find the airlock. So maybe we could have beat this level, but let's explore a little bit more. You know, and then it's like, oh, great. I found the note. You find the note. Your character's quest is complete. When you go back to the station, you now get an upgrade slot where you can purchase and then slot in something like 10% extra damage. You run faster. You have a higher crit chance, but you're slower. And that's where you can kind of customize the character the way that you want. Oh, gotcha. So let's talk a little bit about the roguelike elements of Endless Dungeon. Like, how does that work in this game? What happens when you die? Do you just like go back to some central screen and just start a new run? You die, and- sucker. Yeah. Game over. You got to buy another game copy. over, yeah. man. Yeah. <laughs> One <laughs> attempt. Hardcore mode. Yeah, I assume you're dying a lot. So, yes. like, what? How, how do you get like overall progression? Because every roguelike does that a little bit different. Well, they they have this beautiful place called the saloon, which I grew to actually love. It was it's really the the 
environment in the area is so cool in there. They have a band playing dude, that you can that unlock band things. rocks. Dude. Yeah, the band rocks. You can uh, even you walk up for people who don't know. If you're gonna pick up this game, you can walk up. If you just leave your your you know cursor idle or whatever, after a couple seconds, it'll pan down and you can just literally watch the band. And I think Josh, you were saying that that music was made specifically for this game. Dude, I'm chilling. I'm vibing in the station. I'm hearing yeah. this band. I'm looking around. I'm kind of checking stuff out. There is progression. We'll get to that in just a second, Paul. And I'm like, this song is really good. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, like, what is this song? I, I like, I really. And so I Shazam the song, and it pops up. Endless Dungeon, like theme <laughs> song or saloon song or something like that. So I was like. Number one, I don't know how Shazam knew that, but number two, that song is great. So there is, the, I'm with Ryan, man. The the saloon is just a cool place to be. I love the fact that there's this band playing that you can watch and it's legit, really good music going on. Um, you can run around and talk to the characters, but you know, in regards to the roguelike nature, yes, when you play the game, you're going to get a currency. It's just scrap, I think. Um, yeah. You spend the scrap to buy weapons to buy upgrades. You also will find these things called chips, which are your character upgrades. Those are what you spend to unlock the permanent character slots and and you know perks for the the class or the character that you're playing. You can unlock things in the saloon, so now you get ten percent more scrap per run, or you know you fix the drum set for the band. Ooh, that's, yeah. you know, um, those sorts of things. So yes, that's where the roguelike nature comes in is when you're done with a run, you spend your scrap, you can upgrade all the weapons that you find. So, you know, you can have a favorite weapon and then you can unlock perks for that specific weapon. Uh, you know, your character stuff, you have this crystal bot. That's the whole point of this entire game is to protect the crystal bot as it's moving through this dungeon. You can unlock upgrades for it. Again, new characters that you come across, new zones, because you're constantly unlocking new zones that you can go to. I mean, they did, like I said in the very beginning of the show, they did a really good job with the roguelike nature of this game. Okay. Yeah, I'm always curious to hear. It's interesting in playing a lot of roguelikes over the years where sometimes you have roguelikes like Hades, where a single character that you're playing goes through, they die, they're aware that they died, they talk to characters about dying, and there's some kind of mechanic to run it again. That's this. And then there's other games where you just lose and then the game just says, you know, start over and then there's no real recognition of that. It's always interesting when they find clever ways of building in gaming mechanics for why there's a roguelike mechanic in there. Yeah. Um, I will say I'm way more interested to hear about the tower defense. I am such a sucker for tower defense games. I still can't believe that Josh, you've never played balloons tower. I defense. know there's That's, six I of them. I don't know defense. how you've never played them. I know especially as a fan of tower defense uh, for me, they, they always play so well on mobile also, but tell me a little bit about how the tower defense mechanics work. Uh, they work as well as you make them work pretty, yeah. <laughs> pretty much. So there's each, each, each monster or each, uh, character that's in the game. That's a you know, trying to rip your guts out. They all have a weakness. You can play off that with your towers or you can just go straight shooters. There's, there's, tons of different types you can do um you can upgrade them so that you can unlock those other other options but the biggest thing is in which i noticed a plain solo i had to use a lot more towers because i don't have i have an ai with me not you know the glorious josh i i had so much fun with the towers setting them up at choke points picking the right ones picking the right um 
you have these little nodes and they're all throughout the area. You can only you can only put a tower on that section. So in each room, some of the rooms are blacked out. You can't put anything in there. Some of the rooms are lit up, but they only have them um, four nodes or eight nodes or, you know, depends on how it is. So, but they each one costs money. So you have to be sparing, but also you have to put them in the right spot. So I had so much fun setting everything up, trying to be as strategically um, advantageous as possible to make everything where it needs to be to to cut these choke points and upgrade um, the the turrets as well. So yeah, it was it was tricky, but it's it's also very very rewarding. I will say initially I thought the tower defense was the weakest part of the game because you can just kind of twin stick shooter it for a while. But you will fail. Like Ryan, I, I mean, <laughs> he kind of mentioned that I was being really cheap in the beginning when we were first playing. I'm like, no, Ryan, don't put no turrets down, man. We're good. We're good. We got this. And then we died like two minutes later. And then yeah. I was like, ah, I mean, it was our first run, man. All right, let's go back to it. And then second run. All right, let's put like one turret down in this choke point, Ryan. Let's do that. And then, okay, but let's just save the rest of the money. And then sure enough, we died again. Right? Third run, I'm like maybe we should be a little bit more liberal with the turret usage. And then all of a sudden it's like, we make it really far. And it was like, all right. So yeah, go figure. Well, I was, I was going to say, cause like playing solo, I, I developed a pretty good strategy to where, cause I don't know if we explained this earlier, but the, the things come in waves. So we have waves every so often you get like a danger meter and then you have a wave. Once you unlock a room with characters in it that are, you know, the monsters that are going to, going to come attack, try to get your crystal bot. I would stack uh, towers outside of that room, and then I would sit back and let them attack and upgrade, and then I'd go charge them and upgrade them and upgrade them until, you know, after a couple waves, and then I would move my bot because then I had all these upgraded towers, you know? So it's it's just different things like that that you can use as, as I guess, strategy to try to, you know, navigate trying to just have to shoot everything. Yeah. Where the tower defense portion comes into me is... Yes, you need to, you know, you know these, these choke points. So you come across these rooms when you're exploring these levels that are monster spawner rooms. And every time you find one of those, you kind of go like, ah, crap, right? Like now <laughs> yep. it's another, now it's another spawner. Monsters are going to come from this direction now too. And so as you're exploring, it's a risk reward process of, are you going to find a monster spawner room? And now that's going to come into the fray, or are you going to find a room with a treasure chest or maybe a room where there is a uh, health pack dispenser, or a vendor that you can come across and now you can buy gear or upgrades for your characters or something like that. So you build these turrets near these monster spawner rooms, but you know sometimes the monsters are too fast and they just run right past your turrets. Sometimes mm. you have to move your bot. And so now that your bot is moving, things are going to come. You can't control where you know things are going. So now you've got to prepare for that. As you're exploring, you start to realize, don't open this door. If yep. we leave this door closed, monsters cannot come from this direction. So now we only have to worry about what's above us. And so you start kind of learning that process and that plays directly into the tower defense part because your turrets are important, but so is where you put them and where things are coming from and things like that. The other part of the turret system that I really like is you can research and find new turret types. And I mean, there's a lot, dude. There's oh, acid, yeah. fire, poison, electrical, uh, light. support turrets, light turrets, uh, shield turrets, turrets that'll repair other turrets that are in the room. I mean, there is a wide variety here. 
But every time you unlock a new type, you have to survive a wave. So, which is really cool because, and you have to be able to afford it at the same time. So it's this neat, like you want new turrets, you're going to pay the price. Here comes a big wave of monsters. And then once you survive (laughs) that wave, it's like, okay, well now the research is done. You now have this turret type for the run. So it's a pretty cool system. Yeah. It sounds like it it would be fun to, to strategize like what turrets are going to synergize well for this level and what we're fighting. How does the economy for that work? Do you just start with a certain amount of money or do you gain money as you kill monsters or like, how do you like, how do you budget for that? Open doors, open doors, just go open, open doors. Do- and find it's stuff. honestly, risk the, reward, it, baby. it is really a risk reward system. Every time you open a door, you accrue resources. And so sometimes in it, usually early on, you will find a resource generator there's three resources in the game. There's science, there's industry, and there's food. And those all affect different things. You need industry to build turrets. So that's usually the main thing that you'll pick. But you'll find these resource units where you'll say, I dedicate this to industry. So now every time you open a door, instead of four, you generate eight. Mm. And then you might find another resource generator if, if you keep exploring to where it's like, okay, well, you know what? We're doing good on industry. Let's turn this one into life. So now every time you open a door, you're getting a life as well. So that's how you actually generate currency in the game is by exploring. But the more that you explore, the more detriment you might find as well. Yep. Um, it's, a, it's a neat system, man. Like I said, because you need to keep going to earn money. But the more you keep going, the more dangerous it gets. Yeah, the second you open that door and you just see red and you see all the monsters you're, come oh, out, you're like, oh, no. man. Yeah. And it's in a bad spot. <laughs> and they're going to come from the other side. And you're just like, oh. And I will say, if you open up, if you go into a room and there's three doors and you open up two and they're not a monster spawner room, leave that last door because it is a monster <laughs> spawner <laughs> room. And go open some other stuff up. See if you can explore around unless you just want, you know, hankering for punishment. Like, it's going to be... A spawner room, I guarantee it. So it's just high stakes. What's behind door yeah. one or Dude, two? Yep. That's you, know, a, just high you walk in and you because because you have your you have the visibility of the room you're in and you can see the door and you can see um where that that door leads or whatever doors in the room lead to, but you can't see anything in it. It's all just kind of black and kind of dark. So you don't know until you open it. And the second you open it. Boom, you could have a bunch of monsters coming at you or you can have a treasure chest, like Josh said. So, it's it's yeah, definitely risk reward, you know, and and it's, you know, it gets crazy when you get to the weird positions where you don't want monsters coming from this area because then you have to build a bunch of turrets, you have to waste, waste a bunch of money or you have to watch that area so they don't sneak up behind you. So, yeah, there's a, there's yeah, it's crazy. There's a lot I could see that it. being rough playing with someone who just wants to keep opening doors and you're yeah. like, but you have Please to do not, but that's how you generate money. So <laughs> yeah, there is that the time way. where you're like, dude, we have got to be able to build turrets to survive this wave. So just open doors, you know? And then it's like, well, okay, you got, maybe you got lucky. Maybe you didn't. Yeah. A little bit of that RNG. That's the scary thing too. Yeah. You, you, you may be a little short on money to build more turrets or to, to, to research something that you want. You got to go open doors to get that money. And you're you're risking coming into more monster spawners. So, <laughs> so last question about tower defense. It sounds like you have to have turrets, but you also do a fair amount of damage yourself. Is it like close? Would you say to like a fifty fifty mix between direct damage and tower damage, or does it skew more toward one or the other? I would I'd say, say it's a. Oh, go ahead. 
I was going to say in the beginning, early levels, it can be almost full twin stick yeah. shooter. Save but as, scale, you, save as you go money, lower, <laughs> yeah, as you go lower and the monsters get harder and they get tougher and you have a wider variety of them, you better start learning how to use your turrets and how to use them effectively. And you better hope that you've unlocked one or two types like in the run, because pretty soon the twin stick shooter part is really just try not to die or let things like be aware, you know. One of the things we didn't say is everything in this game is predicated on your crystal bot. Your crystal bot has a finite amount of health and it does not regenerate. So every little shred of damage that your crystal bot takes is permanent for your run. And so that causes you to have to play very smart because uh, one monster sneaks through and he's wailing on your crystal bot. You know, there's a big alarm that goes off and you go and kill him, but that's 10% of your crystal bot's health that's gone forever until your run is over, you know? Yeah. And so you, that really makes you think and be like, okay, like, how do we survive? Not only how do we survive, but how do we protect the crystal bot? There were many times where Ryan and I were kicking tail, but things were slipping past us. And then the crystal bot died while we were both full health. And then it's like runs oh, over, yeah. you know? And so splitters, shifter yeah. <laughs> things. Oh, I hated those. Whatever. Yeah. And they and have I monster. Yeah. I was going to say, I will say that there's, there is a couple upgrades you can do too. That will, um, like every time you finish a level or a wave, or not a wave, but like uh, a zone, you get so many 10% to your crystal bot or whatever, but it's very minimal. So like Josh said, it's very important to protect your crystal bot. They do a nice thing where you can just, you just spam alt and uh, you can just teleport right back to your crystal bot. If he's getting attacked, you can kill the stuff. But you just got to have your eyes on the crystal bot because that's, that's the name of the game there. You just got to... Protect the bot. <laughs> so it's all one big escort quest. See, that's Pretty funny much. because a lot I've seen that asked and mentioned by people, but it doesn't feel like an escort quest. No, not like, at I, all. Everybody hates those. In this case, it doesn't feel that way. So however they do it, it works. It just gives you that like reminder that it's like this is not all about just murdering everything in sight. Like you actually do have an objective that you have well, to follow. And that's where you can okay, I kept all these doors closed before. Now I can open this one because I found the door I need to go to and I got a straight shot and that's going to open everything up for me. So I open this door, call my crystal bot. He's going to go. I'm going to try to let my turrets do what they need to do, defend him as I can. And he's going to go straight through instead of having to go all the way around the map, all the, through these th little rooms and stuff. So, Oh, gotcha. All right. Well, we're going to take our last break and then we'll come back and finish this episode up. All right, so maybe just to like wrap a bow a little bit on combat, you guys have kind of talked about a certain level of chaos. Is the combat ultimately satisfying? And then also part two, does this game have boss fights? Like I'm assuming it does. Oh, yeah. Oh, maybe it <laughs> And how chaotic do those get? <laughs> oh, just ask us about Bug Mama. Oh, oh about Ryan Bug Mama. wants to talk about do Bug it. Mama. Ask us about Bug, Bug Mama. Mama? Yeah. Okay, yeah, ask, so us, ask us, Paul. Uh, what, what's the deal with Bug Mama? Oh, let me tell you about Bug Mama. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I've never seen Ryan so excited. <laughs> this stinking boss. Dude, this was the craziest fight me and Josh got into. This was 
pretty quick into a, a, like us playing together too. We got yeah. pretty far after the first couple once Josh opened up his pockets and stopped being a cheap yeah. ass, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's <laughs> About true. the turrets. Um there are bosses. Once you get to a certain stage kind of like halfway through like going down the levels and stuff, there is a boss. We fight we fought a boss named Bug Mama. And you come into a room, there's nothing to do. We're like, all right, where do we go? And Josh's like, I think this is a boss fight. And I'm like, uh, okay, I don't know. I, I've never played this game. So we're, we're looking around. We go into a room. He's like, what's that? It's like an egg sack thing. And he shoots it. And then it's like, when all this music starts playing. And I was like, oh, no. Have you <laughs> ever we, seen Alien, Josh? <laughs> hey, man. Leave that the thing eggs was alone. Just begging. It was we, begging. <laughs> we run back down. And then this giant bug mama comes up out the ground. And we got to fight her. She's shooting acid. All these spawns of bugs are still coming with us. And there's different waves. And each wave, you have to unlock another bug sack that opens it back up and and, uh, starts another wave. So I will say, as, as... um, much as uh, as much fun as I had with all the actual combat on the regular part of the game, the boss fights were awesome. I had so much fun. We we played so much on this Bug Mama one, and we got to a sliver, a sliver of life. And then Josh is like, "I'm coming to get him." Was were you dead? Yeah, I or died. What? Okay, was what yeah. It was. So, so Josh was dead, and I'm I'm running to res him. And he's like, no, 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 just kill the bug mama. Just kill the bug mama. <laughs> and she was at a sliver of health, and I was at a slither of health. And I just went, and I just railed her down, shot her, and uh, she died. And we passed the level, and then Josh rezzed back up, and all was good. Dude, but, oh, it was so much fun. It was the closest boss fight you can imagine. <laughs> I mean, we held out so for close. so long. We're we're protecting our bot. We're killing the bugs. We're shooting bug mama. We're dodging acid blast. You have to hide behind like these barrels when she does this big AOE. Like there's actually boss fight mechanics to it, which is really cool. Yeah. I eventually die. We're like, oh no, this is the end. I look and bug mama's health is at like 2%. Ryan's yelling at me, don't worry, I'm going to come get you. And at that point, I'm like, it, just try to kill her. So <laughs> just burn her down, man. That's our only hope. I see Ryan's health literally disappear, go to zero, but he had like one hit point left and then he shoots Bug Mama and Bug Mama just does like the death animation and we both lost our minds, dude. We were like, like yeah! we really did. We were just like, oh my goodness, like I can't believe we did it. Yeah. Oh, so. I love it. There, Some of my favorite memories are like World of Warcraft raids when you're doing progression and you see that percentage of health left. And as your raid is dying and there's just, you know, limited number of players left and you're yeah. just cheering and hoping that they get that final hit point. Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> All right. So any other memorable stories to tell? Anything that we've maybe left out? Any mechanics? Uh, any silly encounters? Anything else to talk about? I, I mean, the the combat is fun in this game. It That is probably the part that gets the most routine because you're doing it the most. Like, you're always coming across these waves. You have to slaughter these bugs. You've got to protect your bot. Um, it is really nice when you can find a new gun and you can decide what you want to do. This game is very much rock, paper, scissors. One element is strong against another element. So you have to, you have to factor that in to both your turrets and the guns that you carry. Um, you know, to deal with a wide variety of monsters and stuff like that. But I found the combat to be frantic, well done, enjoyable. It's just that that as you progress into the harder difficulty, lower levels, the that part takes a backseat 
in the sense that you're not just going to gun down these giant creatures that are coming after you now, like all the time, like you have to rely on your turrets at that point, but they, the combat's plenty good. Yeah. It sounds like a lot of fun. I, I, I also love mixing where you're like building turrets, strategizing, running around and shooting stuff, running back to your crystal bot. You know, I, I like when you have to pay attention to all those different things. I think it always just makes gameplay more engrossing. Yeah. Oh, it is. Cause there'll be times where I'll run and I was just like, Oh, I need to put a turret here. And I'm like, Oh no, I don't have any money. I've I'm out of industry. And so I had to go open a couple doors. Lo and behold, I open up a spawner and stuff. And I'm like, Oh dang it. You know? So now I got to watch this one. But I did have a good story too about, um, I, I was messing around with the monsters and playing solo, like I said, you get a lot more money. So I had over, I think, 200 industry because I had a really good run going. And I was facing um, the Shell Diver, which is one of the bosses. And I loaded it up. The, like it's, like we said, certain monsters are, um, you know, uh, susceptible weak to, certain, to yeah. strong yeah, weak, or to, weak. weak to yeah. certain uh, types. So I had uh, the whatever that was, uh, the blobs that were weak to acid. And I had the single shot acid guns. And Josh, you'll appreciate this. I loaded every single node with all the acid guns. And then I put one in the very back where there was no spawners with the healer. And so I just sat in the back. And then every time it was like a, just a laser show of green. <laughs> just, <laughs> shoot, 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 just shooting acid everywhere. And then you go and you throw your little uh, crystal bot on there and he drill the boss. That's how you did the main damage. And then when the stuff get got damaged, I just run to the top, hit it, hit it, and then it would heal everything, heal all my heal all my turrets. So there's a lot of cool ways to kind of go around things. Obviously, I wasn't on the hardest hardest difficulty and stuff, but um it just made it fun. It was enjoyable. I was cracking up just laughing, watching all the green like light show. I was like a laser, I was like a rave, you know, <laughs> fighting a boss. <laughs> Now, I, I could be wrong here. Uh, maybe it's just my own personal bias, but I feel like roguelikes are the genre people tend to fizzle out on maybe faster than others. I feel like if you're playing a shooter campaign that has like a story or an RPG, you're probably more likely to see it through to the end. So what uh, what keeps you to keep playing more runs and to keep playing this game? Is it just simply to unlock that next character like how long can you actually play this game before it starts to feel too repetitive? Cause that's honestly my biggest concern about paying money for this game would just be the fizzle. That's fair. I mean, I, I like roguelites and I, you definitely hit the wall on those at some point. Um, I, I have, I just checked and I have 17.3 hours in endless dungeon and I would play in a heartbeat. If you guys were like, do you want to play? Um, you know, I am starting to get a little familiar with the gameplay loop at this point. Like that doesn't feel as fresh to me anymore. Um, so, I mean, if I had to put a number on it, I, I'd say 25 hours, I'd probably be like, okay, like I'd only play if people asked me to kind of thing at that point. Um, but the game has so many different elements that, I think you can always focus on that. And then, like I said, if you find an element you like, like Ryan loves doing the turrets, there's a character that specializes in the turrets. Like there's a support character where, Paul, I know you like to heal a lot of times. So it's like you could play sure. the support character. Um, Ryan and I made it to the very end, which is in the core um, yeah, it's the, the furthest we made it. And I'll tell you what, this game gets mean because they start really piling on the negative effects and things like that on you. And Ryan are like, how the heck are we 
we supposed to survive this? Man, and I don't know if it was just a random, really, really bad luck draw or what, but even if we had beaten it and and like and won the game, so to speak, like it's a roguelike. Like you just you're playing for the fun of the game. But there is definitely going to be a wall, like even in this game. But I feel like that wall for me probably wouldn't have been until 25 to 30 hours. And everybody knows I tend to jump games pretty quick. So I feel like Endless Dungeon could last you a long time. That's not bad at all. Because how much is this game? 25, I think. Uh, 25 bucks. It is. I'll tell you in just a. Uh, it's already in my library. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah, 25 bucks. So. I feel like that's not bad at all. You know, if you're paying about a dollar an hour for entertainment, I think that's a pretty good deal. Oh, yeah. Would you say about the same, Ryan? You feel like you can get 25 hours out of this pretty uh, you easily? Could, you could easily. You know, I'm I'm a little more easily entertained than Josh is. Uh, so, um, I I would I would definitely even still play this. Like he said, I'd still play it today. So, um, I was playing it honestly all day today. So I uh, I kind of gotten a little hooked on it. I I enjoyed the different aspects of how deep you can go into the different characters too. Like you unlock those chip slots and then, okay, now I got this upgrade. Sweet. Let me see how this does. I got 15% um, fire rate increase or 20% speed increase when running or 20% defense. And you can see how these things, and you can get that for every character. So there's so many different factors. There's so many different kind of ways you can put things together to try different, um, you know, matchups and pairings on each level and there's different levels. So yeah, I definitely think you can get quite a bit of hours. I'm sure there's people that are play it for 20, 30 hours and I'm sure there'll be play people that play it for four or five, 600 hours. So I think there's <laughs> going to be a mix of both. And slight correction, it is $30. It's currently on Steam sale, and uh, I'm old, so my eyesight's going, and I, I couldn't read it through the slash. So it, it is $30 full price, although right now it's uh, $23.99 as of the recording. All right, so we always rate our deep dive games, Make Love, Marry, or Murder. Since you both played this game, you'll both rate this according to your own individual rating. Is this game marriage material? Highly recommended. Worth the price. Well worth anyone picking it up. Is it make love where maybe it's worth buying on sale or maybe playing it for a day or two and then dropping it? Or is it murder material? I'm getting the sense you're both going to want to marry this game. But it, it, what, what do you guys think? Ryan, you're first. This was your, <laughs> your forced game, man. Well, to not just be a... a Throw back to Mr. Butler and just marry everything. I'm gonna marry this yeah. game. Are you <laughs> it's kidding on brand. me? It's, it's a on, multiplayer game. Dude, Ryan it's a loves multiplayer it. co-op <laughs> where I just got to yell and scream with Josh. Of course I'm gonna marry this game. Yeah. No, but in all seriousness, I had an absolute blast playing this. I know I said, insert, you know, insert here. We're gonna we're off the hook. Dude, oh, yeah. we're off the hook. Yeah. But I am actually really glad I got to play this. Thank you, Kidiclism. Um, it it was a lot of fun. It's opened up a new kind of, I guess, three-tier genre for me. Hopefully they make more of these types. <laughs> but <laughs> but it, it was something that definitely uh, I would not have bought otherwise, but I thoroughly enjoyed. Oh, very nice. 
I would also like to say thank you to Kidaclism for making Ryan play this so that Ryan and I could play it together. Dude, that was so fun. I would I was hyped about this game in the beginning, and I will say it is for good reason. It is a lot of fun to play. I like just about everything about this game. Like honestly, there's not a whole lot I can criticize. I'm going to tell everybody that's listening because I know what happens is people go to Steam and they look at the review scores. This game has bad review scores. We talked about this in our pre-dive episode. It's people that wanted more of the original game called Dungeon of the Endless that weren't happy that they didn't get it. Um, for me, this it's tough because this is not a game that I will play four months from now. And usually when I say Mary, it means like, I think this game has like a ton of longevity to it, but it is a Mary in the sense that for the price of the game, for the fun that you can have with friends or solo, because some games just don't work one way or the other. This to me is a no brainer. Like, I think it is a lot of fun. It's, you know, it's not going to win any game of the years or anything like that, but for $23 or $30 full price, it is well worth yep. the amount of money that you're going to spend on this. It's a different experience. It does a phenomenal job of mixing three genres together <laughs> and it's polished. Like I, we didn't run into any bugs. Did we Ryan? Uh, I had one where my crystal bot got stuck on a wall and the wave just kept going and oh, going because the crystal we did have that moving. one we ran yeah. into one where it was just a never-ending wave and yeah. it just never stopped and then eventually we were like dude what's going on and yeah. we and then we eventually just got overrun yeah. well it is called endless yeah. dungeons I, yeah. so maybe it's a feature <laughs> we were pretty far too though so we'd like <laughs> that we was, just was, really, oh, no. that was yeah. so bad we were like near the bottom yeah oh That'd be the worst. <laughs> All right. So in our last segment here, we have our leaderboards. If our listeners want to check it out, it's at videogamerspod.com. And anytime we do a deep dive, those who play the game, put it on their leaderboard. Josh, you and I have the longest leaderboard here since we've been doing this a little bit longer than Ryan. Uh, we've got 103 games on here. I think I actually didn't... Uh, update this with our our last deep dive which was um paul, paul paul why is the name escaping me uh the one we just did that one paul yeah yeah, yeah, the yeah one that, one. that one the, the one, one, one we, we just, just the one we just did a week ago <laughs> <laughs> i can't even remember no it's torchlight too it's torchlight too thank you there it is torchlight. <laughs> all right goodness gracious all right so josh you have 104 games uh mine is 103 because i did not play torchlight too ryan yours is a little bit shorter at 32 <laughs> Where do you guys want to put this where we are comparing very different genres? You know, Josh, you've got games at the top like God of War, Red Dead Redemption 2, Rocket League. Down in the middle, you've got some stuff along the lines of Evil West, Fallout New Vegas, V Rising, The Dregs. We're looking at some stuff like Elite Dangerous, Forspoken, Battlefield 2042. Josh, let's do yours first. Where are you going to put endless dungeon i'm gonna put this right at 43 43 and this time i'll actually update the website sure paul um that (laughs) is two below vermintide and one above dungeon defenders which are similar games um in the sense that it's you know their co-op their combat you know that kind of stuff um i i like it a little tiny bit less than vermintide and i like it more than dungeon defenders I have Rainbow Six Siege one spot above this. Rainbow Six Siege, it's, you know, that's a very popular game. We had a lot of fun with it for a while. So I'm going to, and I just didn't want to butt it right up against Vermintide 2 either. So I'm going to put it at 43, which is high praise. 
That is high praise. You're one of the biggest Vermintide fans that I yeah. know. I like I liked it a lot, and you like it even more than me. So that's not bad at all. What about you, Ryan? Where are you putting it on your uh, list of zero to thirty-two? <laughs> it is it is a smaller list. That's not all the games I've ever played. People, it's just, it's just the deep <laughs> just, dives. So just, just deep dives. Just deep dives. Uh, so I, I'm, being that my list is a little smaller with what I have here, I'm gonna throw it at. 15 i'm gonna bump out fallout new vegas um and put it at 15 it's just just past um zelda and jedi survivor and before you know fallout new vegas and fall guys and deep rock galactic above deep rock galactic and you loved that one i did love that one you know how i am with multiplayer games but this one just definitely um i don't know i think all this strategery with setting up the towers and everything just it really hit with me and and i had so much fun with this game even solo even solo it was it was such a blast not bad pretty high praise all around so yeah for our listeners out there who haven't checked it out if it sounds like it's up your alley sounds like a pretty big recommendation from josh and ryan and uh that pretty much wraps everything up for this show we want to say thank you once again to kidaclism for going legendary we really appreciate the support also from morgau yaya arizona um pretty much all of our support or a vast majority of our support comes directly from listeners on patreon if you'd like to go join their ranks you can do that at multiplayersquad.com and then make sure to follow the podcast we do release a lot of new stuff even when we do the rewinds in december those will be the episodes that we had the most fun recording so make sure to check everything out here and then i think that wraps everything up so we just want to say thank you once again and until next time happy gaming josh it's bug mama run kill it ryan kill it (laughs) just kill it Yeah! (laughs) Get the raid. (laughs) All right. See everybody.